You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. You know, we love reviews of our show here on Critical Mass. And if you could take the time on your favorite podcasting service, this is a great way for others to find our radio show. You know, since we started in 2009, we've reached over 175,000 listeners with our podcast on the various platforms that we're on. So if you would take a minute on your favorite podcasting software, write a review, that will hopefully bring us more audience who will learn through the power of peer learning. Speaking of the power of peer learning, are you looking to create the Power A-Team for your firm? I mean, you have to look no further. Another source is here at Marcy Glenn, and another source is here to help you build your team while making sure you're not letting go of the ones you need. Marcy is the chief talent strategist of her firm, Another Source, and I've asked her to join us again to share how her firm is helping businesses like yours shape and create the power team to help their firms go on. So, Marcy, welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. It's so nice to have you back. Maybe people haven't uh, caught the first interview, second interview you've been on the program. Tell us a little bit about Another Source. Sure. Another Source is a recruitment services firm. So we get the pleasure of attracting, engaging, and recruiting great candidates for great organizations. And we do that um, with a little bit of a different approach in the sense that we work on a time-based project fee rather than a pay-for-placement like a traditional headhunter would. What do you mean a time-based project fee? Thanks for asking. So uh, all of our engagements are 30 days. And oftentimes we get the question, why 30 days? Well, 30 days is um, short enough to have a very significant impact to an organization that has an open position or needs to recruit key talent. Okay. But it's also long enough for us to calibrate. Because remember, we're the experts at building and engaging the candidate pool. And the company is the expert at hiring the right person. Okay. And together, that's the collaboration and a fluid process that needs to happen. So 30 days is long enough for us to do that, but short enough to have a great impact to the organization. Are you saying that you help them find the candidates in 30 days? Or are you saying you help them, you, you're determining if you're able to help them find the candidates in 30 days? We're building the candidate pool and getting them at least into the second round of interviews in okay. that 30-day period. Are you finding it increasingly more difficult to find qualified candidates for your great clients? I hear it's kind of the pendulum is moving a little bit more to the employee market. I mean, for years, it's been such an employer's market. It's sort of like, yes. you know what I'm yes. saying? We may not be at equilibrium, but it feels like the employees maybe have a little more hand in this decision now. Is that you? Yes, without a doubt. Absolutely. The war for talent is on. They've been talking about it for years, as Mackenzie coined it back in the 90s, and we are in full swing battle right now for talent. So, so what does that mean to a, a CEO of a middle market company who has who wants to recruit, as I said in the open, you know, the best people possible? You know, this is for me. This talent acquisition is a top-down strategy. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it comes from the top of the company. Absolutely. So, what advice would you give to them now about how to approach the candidate pool and finding the best talent? I think there's a couple of things. Some are very strategic, and I think some are tactical. At the strategic level, it's important that recruiting isn't reactionary. At this phase in a, in a middle market organization, having the right talent at the right time is one of their most uh, important assets. Right. And right now, going out and finding that that particular talent may be difficult or may uh, require other resources or investments that maybe didn't 
occur two years ago, just given the the skill gap that we're incurring and and the shortage of candidates. Mm -hmm. From a tactical uh, standpoint, again, top down, it's something that each and every one in your uh, team or or department should be actively engaged in and, and, and really have their recruiter hat on constantly. Always be looking for talent. Absolutely. And know what to do with them if you can't, if they can't come on board now. Right. Have a plan to keep them engaged. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Maybe it's not, no, it's not now. Right. Right. Exactly. That's, yeah, good. Ding. Exactly. Paul, Paul, our producer left the studio, so I can't even ring the gong, ladies and gentlemen, but there's a virtual gong there. Believe me, that's a teachable moment. We're here with Marcy Glenn. She's the chief talent strategist for her firm, Another Source. Okay, so millennials are more and more of the workforce, so that must mean they're more and more of the candidate pool. We're talking to CEOs of middle market companies. Marcy, any advice that you would give them on how to interview millennials versus maybe, because they may be, they're boomers or Gen Xers themselves. They're not millennials. Right. I think um, the, the most important advice and I whether someone's a Gen X or a millennial it's really know your audience and your audience at that point is who you're interviewing and that's a lot like sales and it's knowing your customer and at that point in the in in a conversation that candidate is your customer Mm -hmm. and understanding their motivators by the time that you walk away from that conversation understanding how those motivators align to your strategy what skill sets they can bring can they apply that knowledge and expertise in your environment in your organizational culture those are our key foundational interview tactics for any candidate mm-hmm. that's sitting in front of you um, will you deploy those a bit differently given your audience you might your conversation might be more casual your conversation might be out on the golf course your cam- conversation might be over a social media platform but nevertheless those things that you're still reaching to find mm-hmm. are are the same and critical I would think, and I might be, this is a layman's observation, so tell me if it's accurate or not. From all that I've learned about managing millennials and recruiting them and successfully having them in your culture, I would think in the interview process, it may they you may be required to allow them to ask you more questions than in generations past. Absolutely. I think one of the, the things that we can learn from millennials is... Um, is, is how their minds are thinking about how they can help us. Because it's just oh, as wow. important for a millennial to want to help our organization as we want them to want right. our, to help our organization. And if we can take a moment to really recognize where those questions are stemming from, does that tie back to their motivators? Can I, as an organization, fulfill those motivators? Because ultimately, if, if those are fulfilled, you know, happy you employees, happy employee. company. Exactly. Right. But I think the engagement piece in that process is is true for, for any candidate right. in, in that interview. Right. Well, you know, uh, the point you made, which is another teachable moment, I just had this experience yesterday with one of my peer group clients in that they just developed um, a casual Friday, but it was for a cause. And you can dress casually for a fee, and that money goes to an identified cause that you have set up. And it's it's really a minimal amount of money, but the idea is you've kind of earned the right to, to be casual. And and when he and I said, So how did you how did that get started? And he said, um, two of their newer employees who are millennials came to them with this idea because they thought you don't have a giving program here. You should do something socially responsible. How about this as a first step? And I thought, Wow, what what a great – not only did they come up with it, but you as a leadership team said, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's right. do it. They embraced it, right? Right. Your employee brought you a solution. Exactly. Right. 
to, to, to the problem, not just the problem. To their problem. Not to you. They, they run a successful company. Never yeah. even thought about that yeah. as an option, but a different frame of mind. Absolutely. All right. We're talking with Marcy Glenn here on Critical Mass Radio Show. She is the chief talent strategist for her firm, Another Source. So, you know, we, we've talked about your unique differentiator, 30-day kind of agreement. I'm wondering, are there other services that Another Source offers its clients? beyond the recruiting that we talked about? I think one of the, the areas that our clients value most in our partnership is that through recruiting candidates and, and through our business model, we create choice. And we create choice in the candidate it's in your pool. Name. Exactly. It, it, it's, it's choice for the client to, to really look at an entire candidate pool. Okay. And it's choice for the candidate to really look at multiple opportunities and organizations. And just going back to what you mentioned before is maybe the em- employees or candidates having uh, the upper hand right now, that's creating different conversations that, uh, that you know, haven't occurred. They have confidence uh, right now. And right. so as candidates choice. have confidence, they are really looking at this as a two-sided conversation, as it should be. Right, that right. the employer, you know, may have the 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 up hand in offering the position, but the employee has the the hand in accepting the position too. And I right. think, while it's a result of a negative market for the employers, it's a fantastic outcome of really great conversations on are we a good fit together. I think it's more important for the candidate to make a good choice than the company because that has to go on your resume and you have to explain it. Yeah, a company's going to have to recover from a bad hire or whatever, but it doesn't stay with the company like it stays with the candidate. Absolutely. And there's a behavior pattern that that establishes itself on the resume. Right. Right. Are people still looking at resumes going 2 years here, 3 years there, 18 months, what the hell's going on with this person or are they going, wow, this person's really looking and moving their career and they know what they want out of their life and I mean is that at all different, or is it still a stigma? I, I think that they don't look at the resume as much, but they listen for it more. Oh. So going back to that behavior pattern, uh-huh. if someone's motivated, let's break it down in, in the most simplest terms, they're motivated by growth, and they're making those moves to those new organizations or within organizations in those time periods that you just suggested, and they're always for that next step and that growth fantastic they're they're on a on a path and there's a behavior pattern again being established but if i can't establish that behavior pattern in my conversation that matches their motivators and what their goals are and i can't mirror that that's really where the the flag starts to come up versus just looking at it the the way you talk marcy glenn it makes me think that you have an expectation of the of the hiring company that they're really engaged in the interviewing process that's my goal. Okay. Absolutely. So right. I think one of the things that, that's important in where our focus in the recruiting process is, is, is my goal is to engage the hiring team into the recruiting process, and my job is to engage the candidate into the recruiting process. And from there, I get to let them take it to the next level because they're both the experts in what they want and what they need. Oftentimes, as I mentioned at the beginning, recruiting is reactionary or it's not someone's day job, as we as we call it, and it's right. one extra thing, and, and it is. But if I can be a partner and set up processes and tools uh, to enable them to leverage their knowledge of the organization, their knowledge of the culture, their knowledge of the strategic vision, and engage them into conversations with candidates that are fluid and transparent and able to really get down to what's important, then then I've done my job. It seems to me that you're in one of the hardest industries I can think of because you have a human factor on both sides of the transaction, right? I mean, you have a candidate and all the 
stuff that comes along with that person making a positive decision as well as then the company. I mean, it's sort of like... The people business. Yeah, it's like uh, not like a marriage counselor, but in some ways it's got to be... Right, yep. The deal can go south for a lot of different factors that right. are beyond your control. Absolutely. And that's really the, the, the heart of our business model and why we don't get paid on someone's placement. We can't control their decisions or their behavior. Mm-hmm. I want to get paid and, and, and fulfill my guarantee to my clients based on what I can control, which is building a great candidate pool. Your firm has been in business. I mean, I know this from having you on the show before. It's it's kind of you're kind of taking it and you're taking it to the next level. But another source has been around for some time. Your mother, right? Yes. Exactly. yes. So so th- does that experience and being in this space for decades does it does it allow you to be more effective for your clients? I mean, I would think it would because you you sort of build a reservoir of people that you've placed and who become loyal to you, and you sort of have a relationship. It's sort of you must have a hell of a CRM system, I would think. Absolutely, recruiting with data. Right. So I, I would think being in the space, being successful, and being focused is really an advantage. Doing business with another source. Absolutely, I think it 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 speaks to the relationships that we've built and and the service that we've provided, and you know. Since our firm was founded in 91, there's been quite a few seasons along the way. And for us to to be on the other end, thriving uh, with a great team and and great clients and great candidates says a lot. Yeah, I think a lot. Okay, we're going to take our break here on Critical Mass Radio Show with Marcy Glenn. Final thought. Uh, a lot of most industries were negatively, in fact, impacted from the Great Recession. That's why it was the Great Recession, right? Because it was so broad, not only deep, but broad. Mm-hmm. Your Your industry was probably more so than many because who was hiring at a period and who was leaving their existing employers if they had a job and during the great recession right so those must have been some tough times for all people in your space and you're here standing stronger than you were before right yes all absolutely. right all right we're gonna take a break here on critical mass radio show with my guest marcy glenn when we come back i'm going to ask her about the industries that she often helps in terms of recruitment so stay online we got more questions from marcy we'll be back after these words from our sponsor Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Marcy Glenn is our guest in studio. She's the chief talent strategist of her firm, Another Source. You know, a great way to stay informed about the great guests that we have on the radio show is to sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's simple. It comes out on Mondays. It talks about the guests that are coming up this week, and it highlights the guests that appeared on the radio show last week. It's all information-based. And if you would like to get this weekly newsletter, and I hope that you would, you just go to our website, criticalmass4business.com. At the bottom of any page, let me say that again, on the bottom of any page, there's a join our mailing list box. Simply type your email address, hit 
subscribe, you will start then receiving our weekly newsletter with information about our upcoming guests and also special insights occasionally from me. I hope you'll take the time to subscribe to the newsletter. All right, Marcy, I said before the break I was going to ask you to talk about the industries that you often help in terms of recruitment. Can you take us through that? Yeah, I'm going to answer that in in two ways. I'm going to talk about job families uh, or job industries and then just traditional industries that we focus on. Okay. So right now, about 50% of our business is in non-faculty higher education, so the administration and finance side of higher education. And about 50% of our business is focused on entrepreneurial to mid-market organizations. Okay. And it, it initially, that might seem like a very disparate yeah. uh, business category. You but, read my mind. But when you think of a university environment and you apply the budgeting system, you've got almost several small to mid-sized organizations operating under one large umbrella with their own budgets. So our model lends nicely to that, that middle market philosophy, okay. so to say, within a university environment. Um, we focus really in supply chain, accounting and finance, marketing and human resources. You know, We're working on an executive director of supply chain at Arizona State University, the number hmm. one most innovative school, if you've been paying attention to the news, no. which is pretty, pretty incredible. Yes, yes. You said Arizona State. Arizona State, yes. The number one what? Most innovative school in the nation. Come on. Yeah. So, Get out of town. I, wow. I'm here Good to for say, them. Yes, absolutely. You know, we're working on a, a talent acquisition manager for a, an organization in Seattle called Drive Shop, and they're on a huge growth trajectory, and they're the, an event marketing firm. Okay. Um, or account executives for the for the SaaS industry down mm-hmm. in San Diego. Um, but what really what we're, we're core to doing is building – talent pipelines that they can access now um, or in the future. Mm -hmm. So do you find, I'm interested in in the academic side of the, do you you find many firms in your space looking at those as as client pools? I wouldn't think, my bias is you wouldn't, maybe. Right. If you keep it our secret, no, there's not a lot of others. Well, it's too late now. Ah, The word is out. Don't try to go in there either because it's too late. They've already got the market share. It's totally consumed by you. So we focus on mid-level positions. So we focus on really up to that executive director level for the most part within an organization. And and within the university or academic environment, there's not a lot of uh, recruiting solutions targeted to that mid-level. And those are good jobs. I mean, I mean, getting in with a good university is a good job. Absolutely. And, and I think. in a lot of organizations, whether academic or software, those mid-level positions are, are often very key contributors. Yes, yes. Um, they, they tend to carry a large workload um, right. because they tend to be managing or directing others. Um, they tend to, to take on a lot of delegation from the senior management. So they're, they're critical positions, and that's why that 30-day time period can really be impactful into their organization. Well, that, uh, that almost seems too good to be true. Frankly, 30 days to get a hire. It sounds almost like, really? I didn't even think we'd get the ad out in 30 days, right? Absolutely. Get resumes in and sift through the 300 that we got to find three that we want to actually interview. Right. And in today's market, you you, you know, 30 days seems too long from a candidate's perspective. Really? Absolutely. Because they're looking, okay. That's the other side of what makes it difficult for you is... The buying process and the selling process may be different because if you have a really great candidate who's a good fit and for whatever reason the hiring company slows down, they could lose it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's important, you know, most organizations have a process 
for identifying the right hire and it, it works for them. And you have to respect that. You have to say, here's the process that we, we need in framework we need to work within. And my job is to make sure I'm setting expectations appropriately and I'm continuing to engage in that. But I can't fight the process or the fa- framework. Yeah, but I think I know you. I've, I've gotten to know you over the years of having you on the show. My sense is you probably ask them questions that exposes things that they non-best practices in their hiring practices though i would i would think as their supplier you help them maybe because a lot of what i find maybe i'm wrong but what i find is we don't we don't hire as much as you place right so when they come to hire they maybe aren't really on point like you know what's going on in the industry in the space absolutely and 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 that's why they are coming to us they are coming to us because we do have a pulse on the market and we do do this for a living and it's my job to to impart that knowledge in the beginning it's my job to make sure that they're prepared to do that if 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 the market is going to impact their hiring process it's my job to make sure that they have all the tools going into that that they can and 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 can use them I said earlier you have a difficult industry because you have people on both sides, and it's and and, and as I've been thinking about it and listening to your answers and subsequent questions, it's managing the emotion. Mm-hmm. This is a important decision on both sides of the aisle. Absolutely, and there must be a lot of guidance counselor kind of conversations that another source has with either the candidate or with the hiring company about moving them to the right position of making the decision. I think it's about listening. They're both they're both our customers, and, and and sometimes, just as you mentioned, hiring managers don't recruit all the time, and candidates yeah. aren't out interviewing all of the time, and, right. and so it's somewhat of a foreign process. Given how often you're doing it, it is emotional because it's employment yes. on either side. It's financial, and you know there could be other motivators in play as well. And so part of it is about listening. It's asking questions that provoke thoughts and, and opportunities for them to process things. Um, but it's really about, for me, looking at the whole candidate against the whole job and trying to remove that emotion out okay. so that both parties can make decisions based on what they mentioned before it got emotional. So I remember during the Great Recession that some people in your field were frustrated by hiring managers not hiring when they got a really great candidate because they thought, well, this is a this is a buyer's market, and I give me two more so I make sure I made the right decision. Uh, I assume that's no longer the case as much with the hiring managers. They probably are excited to get the candidate. So my question is the other way. Are the candidates now exhibiting that kind of, uh, well, I know I got this job offer, but Google, you know, I mean, are you finding that? Yeah, we're, we're definitely finding that um you know, candidates can have multiple things in play at one time. And if you ask, they're willing to share. But again, it goes about setting expectations. If I can gain that information and set expectations against that, then they can manage them effectively, the multiple opportunities effectively. There's there's so many times that I've heard in our industry that a candidate would have managed the process differently if they'd only would have known mm. or they only would have gotten that feedback um, or Vice versa, if a hiring manager had all the information, it's one thing to say, oh, so-and-so has, you know, multiple opportunities than to say, you know, I know you really enjoyed meeting with so-and-so and they've received their final invite on another interview and it's scheduled for next week. That gives someone time to work with versus multiple opportunities. Right. If you're a hiring manager, what does multi- multiple opportunities m- mean? They're not reading our, our minds and, and know the recruiting lingo. Right. They're almost both your clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huh. Okay. Well, you know, Marcy Glenn, we've run out of time. And I had more questions to ask you. 
Can you believe it? And you know, and we don't generally have guests on multiple times, but I really am glad that you're back in Southern California, meeting with your clients, absolutely. growing your footprint here in Southern yes. California. Yes, it's great to be back. Was absolutely okay. So, if someone wants to find out more about another source, how do they find you online? www.anothersource.com. Fantastic. So we'll have to have you back again. Thank you. It's always a kick in the pants to hear and learn from you about your space. Thanks for being a continued friend of the program and a part of our community. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to say goodbye, but not without saying thank you to our advertisers, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, SunUp Group, and Teeing Company. Our engineer for today's show was Paul Roberts. Our producer is Joan Park, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show or the CEO peer groups that I lead, visit my company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host... Richard Franzi, 